Welcome to Divorce Explained, the podcast where we answer your questions and navigate the process of divorce together. Sharing real stories and personal experiences, this is your guide through it all. With your hosts, family law specialist Steve Benmore and divorce lawyer and strategist Leanne Townsend. Today we're talking about broken relationships with children. And for the benefit of our viewers, Leanne and I actually toyed with what is the title of today's topic? Some would say, well, let's talk about severed relationships between a parent and a child or a fractured relationship between a child and a parent uh, caused by divorce or as a result of divorce. Um, And then, of course, there's the real high-level language like estrangement, alienation, brainwashing. Those tend to be hyperbolic and even inflammatory for some. In fact, I can tell you, judges usually cringe when they hear the word alienation. And the reason isn't because they don't know that it exists or that it does not exist. It's just that it's been overused. The term alienation is thrown around. Like if you haven't eaten lunch, you might say, I'm starving. Well, you're really not starving. You're just kind of hungry. And so judges see a lot of, or hear a lot of, she is alienating the children from me, or she is a perpetrator of PAS. What's PAS? Parental alienation syndrome. Because of course, everybody can diagnose that. So today we're talking about broken relationships with children because um, we really believe that it's not good when children have broken relationships with their parents, whether it's during the marriage or during separation or years later, it's just not good. And it's not good if it's young children. It's not good if it's teenagers. It's not good if they're adult children. And uh, Leanne, you and I have seen so much of that in our careers. And um, it's hard to swallow, but at the same time, we actually have a role to play and we can help. We can build bridges. We can address Uh, those broken relationships, sometimes when the client doesn't even ask for it. So I'm going to share a story of of remediating or solving broken relationships. But can you can you think of one that you've had recently, Leanne, that has troubled you or that you've resolved in some Uh, way? Yeah, I I mean, there's definitely one that um, I it's always stuck out in my mind, a case that has really troubled me of a broken relationship um, and it involved uh, actually a, a former client because he, he ended up having to represent himself because he just couldn't afford legal fees at a certain point in time um, but it was a situation where his ex-wife um, took you know numerous step after step after step to result in um, harming his relationship with his children um and including you know clandestinely moving to another jurisdiction without telling him um and enrolling them in a school and um you know he found out after the fact when she brought an application and then there were just so many hurdles to um getting a quick enough court date to have the children sent back and then um, 
you know, there was a complicating factor because uh, he had been charged with an assault on one of the children, um, which essentially was, uh, you know, when I was a former Crown Attorney, we would call that an, uh, an over-discipline case. So, you know, a situation where the, his, his son and daughter got in a physical argument and he'd pulled his son off of his daughter and he gave him a, a hit on the head, which no parent should do. It's an inappropriate form of discipline. Um, and it ended up, she, the, his former spouse reported it to the police and he ended up being charged. And so, you know, it all began kind of with that, so that because he was put on conditions not to have contact with his children. And then that allowed her to be able to make this move. Um, and things just kind of spiraled from there. The charge ultimately ended up being withdrawn. Um, but, you know, over the course of time, so much damage was done that the children then started to not want to be, they were uncomfortable being around him. Um, and it, it just ended up, you know, the relationship became so bad, it's going to take a lot of work and a long time to fix. And a lot of, you know, it was costing him a lot of legal expense as well. Um, and so unfortunately, family lawyer, criminal lawyer, yeah. new apartment, police services act lawyer, because because he, uh, there was issues there. Um, and so, yeah, just a lot of issues and, uh, it was just, you know, very unfortunate situation and, um, it's just always stood out in my mind because, uh, you know, he, he was so, you know, crushed by what had happened. His whole world was really turned upside down and, you know, it was an example where I did my best to try and fix the situation and try and help him have a relationship with his children. But there were just a lot of hurdles, unfortunately. And, you know, because the court is so slow moving, um, you know, when you're in a situation like that. A day becomes a month, becomes six months, becomes exactly. a year. And, you know, when you're not seeing your children um, and your children are younger, that, you know, not seeing them for periods of time can really affect the relationship. So I'm interested to hear your more positive story about saving a relationship or helping to mend a relationship. Yeah. So, you know, um, relationships come together and relationships end. That's just a fact of life. Uh, a relationship between two uh, spouses, husband and wife, uh, same-sex couples, uh, it's an emotional, personal, intimate relationship. When those relationships end, obviously the same thing that brought it together the same thing that held it together i.e the personal nature of it that also occurs when they split up meaning the breakup is personal and when it's personal it goes with you everywhere it's not like a bad day at work where you leave the file on your desk you go you don't go back to it until monday morning no 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 when your marriage or relationship ends it's personal and some relationships end having nothing to do with the children. Some relationships end because it was all about the children. Some parents bicker, fight, disagree, and have chronic conflict over parenting issues. Those by the way are the worst because people think, well, I'm going to split up and then that's going to get better and generally doesn't. Now for the people that break up, because of problems with their spouse over their children, plus the people that break up where there's no problem vis-a-vis -vis the parenting, but they have other unrelated problems. Either way, they exit the relationship.
with a variety of emotions. And the emotions do not necessarily match parallel between the two spouses. In fact, they might have the same emotions, but at different times, or they might not have the same emotions. One might be angry, might, one might be feeling guilty. One might be resentful, the other one might be feeling vengeful. One might feel apologetic, and the other one feels entitled. There is a whole host of emotions. And for those people that think that the children are completely insulated and unaware of all of that is a fantasy. Because the children are occupants in the home and they are aware of things like speech. They're aware of things like no speech when there once was speech between their parents. They're aware of the fact that the family schedule has changed a little bit. One parent's coming home a little bit later and leaving a little bit earlier. And they're also aware of things like eye rolls, body language, and they're also aware of the conversations that one parent is having in the other room with their aunt, their best friend, their cousin, or their lawyer. And so the children are hyper aware. Now, the relationship with the children has a lot to do with what they believe is going on. So if the parents continue to have a very close uh, attachment and bond with the children through the process and they are able to work with either therapists or parenting coaches and, and handle it in such a way that they really do a great job of insulating the kids from it and they treat them with respect and they explain to them what's going on and they do so in a way that's parallel and civil and child-centric, they'll be fine. Children have been used to changing schools, changing homes, sometimes changing cities, um, and their parents splitting up is obviously a bigger trauma than changing homes or cities, but it doesn't have to be radically worse. Whereas the feuding parents, that is where the subject of our talk today begins, those broken relationships. How do they break and how do you fix them? Let's quickly talk about how they break and then we're gonna right, go right into how to fix them. Well, how they break is when the children are able to form a narrative. Sometimes the narrative that they form is what's actually told to them. They're told by a parent, they're told by both parents, they're told by their grandparents, they're told by their cousins. What mom did to dad and what dad did to mom, the children now become a participant in the arena where they are watching two teams compete and they are rooting for one team and they don't like the other team because the other team is not doing the right thing in their mind whereas the team they're rooting for is doing the right thing and before you know it and by the way in some of these families the children are on different teams and that's where it's really bad where literally we get involved and the you got one child living with one parent, not talking to the other, and you have the other child living with the other parent, not talking to the other, and the two children aren't even talking to each other. Horrible outcome. And so we see a lot of these, and the good news is people know that there are these things called divorce lawyers, and they come to us. And the good divorce lawyers, like you, Leanne, and I, will actually talk to the clients and find out what's going on. What drove the conflict? What's going on at home right now? When are you seeing your children? Why are you not seeing your children? Are, is the other parent allowing you to see the children, but you don't want to go because it bothers you to go over to the house? Is it because you 
you know, you're deliberately working later because, you know, it's, it's your therapy to put in extra hours and not have to deal with it and come home early. You know, the, there are lots of behaviors that come from the narrative, that come from the emotions, that come from the pain that occurs in an unhealthy relationship. And those unhealthy relationships with the spouse filter into the unhealthy relationships with the children. Layered on top of that is the narrative. The narrative, either the children are told, or that the children hear, or that the children form. And that, if you understand the domino effect of how you get to a broken relationship with a child, you could, first of all, not cause a broken relationship with a child by recognizing this occurs. Or alternatively, if you're seeing signs of it, fix it early and engage the other parent in how the behavior at home is actually hurting not just the relationship between the um, parent who has a broken relationship with the child, but a child who has a broken relationship has a broken life. No parent wants their child to have a broken life. No parent wants a child to have ill feelings towards another parent. And of course, there are cases where it's merited, domestic violence, um, uh, uh, various other problems, addictions, mental health problems, and so forth. But the point of the matter is we want to prevent, preempt, remediate, or end broken relationships early. Why? Because the longer they go, the deeper the roots grow. And that is never a good thing. And we've had so many cases over the years where a parent says, I haven't spoken to my son in three years. I haven't spoken to my daughter in three years. My kids live with their, with their dad. Um, I've moved on. What does that mean, I've moved on? There's no move on. There are these people in the world that have your blood, They're your DNA in them, and you are forever a family unit, even if you don't talk to them every day or all year or for three years. And so the longer things go, the harder it is to fix. So you fix it early and you get good counsel, whether through a therapist, a coach, a lawyer, a friend, a family member. You deal with it early and you deal with it assertively, not aggressively, assertively. And you mainly deal with it from a place of compassion. You want the children to know that they have your heart and you have their heart. And that could mean many different things. For some kids, it might mean, you know what? I only want to see you for a couple of minutes a week for now. And we live in a world with social media and email and text and direct messaging. There's many ways to connect with kids. A lot of kids in this era, even if they don't have problems, they're sitting in their bedroom on their phone from the minute they got home from school until the minute that you call them out for dinner or serve them dinner until they go to bed, which could be at one in the morning depending on the age of the child. So if they're on this device anyway, let's not, let's, why not use that device as a walkie-talkie and to communicate? However, with an emoji, with a message, with, hey, I was just at Indigo and I walked by a book on hockey and I remember how much you and I used to love playing hockey. Whatever. Just these messages that continually pepper the child with messages of love and connection. And that is, is one, not the only, one of the many available remedies to address broken relationships with children. And I think that we as lawyers have a responsibility to help our clients when they're 
in this type of situation, whether they're the parent who has the broken relationship, which of course will be helping them. But if we have a client who is perhaps making statements to us that are, you know, in our mind contributing to a broken relationship between the children and the other parent, we have responsibility to, you know, to, to call our clients out on that behavior and get them to have a more child-focused approach that it is in the best interest of the child to have a relationship with the other parent. Again, I'm not talking about cases where there's abuse and or you know substance abuse issues and things like that, where there might be some grounds for the child not having a good relationship. But you know, the, the, as lawyers, rather than encouraging the fight and the alienation and the conflict in those types of situations, we should be talking to our clients. You know, if I have a client say, who's making statements to me about things they want me to do to that are going to help us help sever that relationship or can, or make it you know continue to break it or, or harm the relationship between the other spouse and the child I'm going to you know give my client advice that you know that's not in the best interest of your child and this is what I, I you know I recommend you do and you know again as lawyers I think we have that responsibility to call our clients out on things, not just encourage um, behavior that is not in the, in their children's best interest. Um, as well, um, you know, there are a, a lot of cases where, um, you know, children, you know, depending on the age of the children, um, you know, when they get into their teens, if they're, it, it's harder to mend a broken relationship at that point, I think, than when they're they're younger. Um, and so, um, you know, because children at that age also have a voice in the matter quite often. And so if you have a 13 year old or 14 year old who doesn't want to have anything to do with the other parent, uh, even if, you know, the parent who they have the relationship with is encouraging them and trying to facilitate it, it could still be very difficult uh, to take steps to mend that. But as Steve was saying a few minutes ago, the best in the best interventions are the early ones because the, the the longer it's broken and the longer there are problems uh the more difficult and it's going to be demand and the longer it's going to take and um and be very well aware of the influences in your life so what do i mean by that when people split up they oftentimes disconnect from the one person they trusted the most and usually ran to to get advice on difficult moments their spouse. So they've now fired the one person that has always been their advisor. And now they are looking for another advisor. Sometimes it's their best friend. Sometimes it's their family member. Sometimes it's a therapist or a coach. And one of the people that I have found in the last 30 years that tends to see, say the least and have the greatest impact is the lawyer they hire. And, uh, you know, a person could speak for hours to their best friend. But then they speak to their lawyer and their lawyer says, you know, you should do this. And that tends to resonate because they believe this person knows things I don't know. This person's an authority. This person has expertise. And so this person must be right. Well, in some cases, they're not. And sadly, I have seen way too many cases. By the way, that's a legal terminology. <laughs> uh, I've seen way way too many cases where either the client that I currently represent was previously represented by a lawyer who gave them bad advice, or my client is splitting up from another spouse who is receiving bad advice. And I have a case right now that just 
really irks me. Like that, that's an understatement. It, it, it has completely shattered my views of certain lawyers. And it's a case where it's a young couple, three young kids, couple's great. They both work full time. They use a nanny. They've got three young kids. They're splitting up. And, uh, the wife hired a lawyer who said, uh, we will not negotiate until he moves out. We said, well, you know what? The kids are young and they're still living together. Maybe we can agree to a nesting arrangement. Oh no, no, he must move out. And we said, well, you know, would you consider going to mediation? Nope, until he moves out. Would you consider using a parenting coach just to manage things in the home while they're still living together? Nope, he's gotta move out. So then they go ahead and issue a court application and bring an emotion, uh, an emergency motion. And uh, within months, um, we got in front of a judge who didn't read any of the materials, uh, only listened to one side and kicked my client out of the house in two weeks before the 1st of September. In other words, in the middle of August, this, this father was evicted from his home and his three children, forced to find a place. By, by the way, let's not forget about the rental housing problem in Ontario now. He was forced to find a place where he can get to see his kids in this potentially new location for five out of every 14 nights. Who do I hold responsible for this? Not the parents, not the judge, the lawyer who gave the advice to his client to do it this way. And this lawyer happens to believe that this is the right thing to do for these three kids. He's convinced this is the right thing for them. I don't believe that's the case. I and I'm troubled by lawyers who give that advice, take those actions, and fail to self-reflect. Because all of us, you and me, Leanne, will one day not be in our clients' lives. We're going to be long gone. And what's left? Those children and those parents at the baseball games, at the basketball games, at the baptisms or bar mitzvahs, at the graduations, and at the wedding. We're not going to be invited to those and those people are going to have to cohabit and coexist. And we lawyers have such an important role in assisting these two people who currently are in conflict, find a merger, a merger of their differing views on how to best avoid broken relationships with children. And we should never be the ones adding fire or fuel to the fire or advising to create additional conflict to what's already there. We should be advising them to reduce the conflict and find avenues that will allow these children to experience the least amount of trauma from the parent separation. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, you know, the research shows that children who live in these high conflict, in the middle of these high conflict relationships, don't generally fare very well. Um, you know, they they often end up having mental health problems. They end up perhaps themselves getting having substance abuse problems as they get into their their teens. Um, I have relationships in yeah. their own relationships yes, with exactly. With and so you know, if you're in a high conflict relationship and you're you know you're um, engaging in the conflict and you're making more conflict, you really need to take a hard look at what you're doing and the effects on your children and don't kid yourself uh, into thinking that it is not affecting your children because it is. And the research shows this. The research shows that people who amicably separate 
um, that can have a minimal impact, minimal negative impact on your children. Imagine that. But if you're going to have conflict and be fighting, it will be so detrimental to the children. And I see it as a lawyer. I'll see a, someone who, a client who comes through the door and it's high, high conflict. And as time goes on, I see their children deteriorating because they're telling me, oh, you know, little Johnny or little Jane is doing this now and having this problem and they're not doing well at school. And, you know, they're getting in fights with other kids and, you know, and all of these things. And, and, and it's, sadly, it's almost like a playbook. I, I can sit there and predict sometimes that, you know, these children are going to end up having, you know, this problem and that problem because their parents are in conflict. And I always remind clients as well that, you know, you are the adult. And so you need to be the one who does the right thing. And going back a little bit to what Steve was talking about when, you know, maybe you have a broken relationship with your child, um, you know, to keep reaching out to them and keep making efforts. And that's what I have to remind clients sometimes. I'll have clients say to me, well, you know, my daughter doesn't want to, to have anything to do with me. And I invite her over for dinner and she refuses to come. And I always say, well, keep inviting her. Keep inviting her. Keep messaging her. Keep trying to communicate with her. Keep letting her know that you want a relationship with her. And that you're you know waiting for you, you waiting for that to happen and do not stop do not be like well she's not responding she doesn't care she's angry she doesn't like me you're the parent you're the adult so you need to be the one who's stepping up and doing the right thing take your ego out of it it's your child and just keep trying and you know maybe Eventually they will come around. Maybe they won't come around until they're an adult and they're 30 years old. And, you know, maybe sadly they won't come around. I mean, I can't predict that. No one can. But if you don't do anything, you have much more, you're much more guaranteed that the relationship will never be fixed than if you at least just keep trying and keep expressing your love and keep expressing your desire to spend time with them. Very good advice. Uh, I hope for any of our viewers watching this now or watching a replay of this in the future, I hope our talk today at least prevents one broken parent-child relationship or solves one broken child relationship. If we have at least reached one person with this advice, I, I would be very pleased. I would as well. So thank you everyone for tuning in today. Uh, we will be here again next week with a new topic on Divorce Explained. Uh, Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Divorce Explained. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to head on over to Instagram and follow at Steve Benmore and at Leanne Townsend Life for more. And if you're looking for specific divorce services, you can visit benmore.com and leannetownsend.ca. We hope today's episode made you feel informed and inspired as you move along through your divorce journey. Tune in next week for Divorce Explained.